0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Quarantine Chronicles with me, Melissa. Welcome back to Season 2, Episode 22. This episode is called I Completed 200 Miles in July. If this is your first episode that you're listening to, Hello, <laughs> my name is Melissa. I'm the host of Quarantine Chronicles. I'm very happy that you found this podcast and I hope that you enjoy this episode. If you've been listening for a while, thank you for coming back to listen to this episode. It really means a lot and I really appreciate you guys coming back and listening. So on that note, let's jump into this episode. Last month in July, I completed 200 miles, either walking or running. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about my journey with the 200 miles. Before I get into my journey, I just wanted to mention that with the help of you guys and everybody who has donated, I raised $610 that is going to be going towards helping our veterans. So thank you guys so much for donating. I really appreciate it, and I can't believe that I raised $610. So thank you guys so much for donating. And also, since I have your attention right now, I figured I would read some statistics about veterans before I get into my journey. 108,000-plus veterans have died by suicide since 2001. The suicide rate for 18- to 34-year-old male veterans has increased 93% since 2006. Less than 50% of veterans in need receive mental health treatment. 500,000 veterans and service members have been diagnosed with PTSD. 33%, that is one-third of service members returning from Iraq and Afghanistan, report symptoms of mental health or cognitive problems. The nonprofit organization that all the donations are going towards is called Stop Soldier Suicide. So I'm going to really quickly just tell you guys what they provide for our veterans. They provide mental health support, alternative therapies, resources and referrals, education and training, and their process includes one-on-one assessments. They create veteran-centered wellness plans. They match you with appropriate tools, and they provide follow-up care. Stop Soldier Suicide has done so many things since 2010, which is the year that they first started. 670 plus service members and veterans served in 2019 joined Stop Soldier Suicide. There has been 6.5 plus requests per day from veterans who need support. 1,000 plus total clients were served since 2017. And there has been a 40% plus reduction in suicide risk in the first 30 days. I think that is pretty amazing. And in case if you didn't get the chance to donate in July to my fundraiser, the link to the Stop Soldier Suicide will be in this episode's description. Okay, so now that we got the important stuff out of the way, we're going to be talking about my journey with running slash walking 200 miles for stop soldier suicide. So we're gonna go all the way back to the beginning. So at the very end of June, I wanna say it was maybe the last week and a half of June, I came across this Facebook post and it said 100 miles in July, Boston. And I just remember thinking, wow, that's a really cool idea running 100 miles, and I needed a new challenge anyways. I just finished my June challenge, so I was looking for a new challenge to do in July. So I didn't really think anything of it. I just kept scrolling, and then the next day or two, it popped up again on my feed, and I said, okay, like, let me click into this ad. And I clicked on the 100 Miles in July ad that came up and saw that it was for this nonprofit organization called Stop Soldier Suicide. When I clicked on the website, they had pretty disturbing statistics about veterans. And these are the statistics that I mentioned in the very beginning of this episode. And this just hit close to home because my grandpa, aka my papa, Was a veteran. I was reading people's stories about how they lost their husband or their daughter from suicide, and it just completely broke my heart. And I knew I needed to contribute in some way. So I signed up right away and I started raising money. And right away, people started donating, which really got me excited. And This made me want to do something other than donate and something more than 100 miles. The stories I was reading was just heartbreaking and whatever I did was or whatever I wanted to do was going to be for those families who lost someone and in a way my own tribute to veterans as well. Looking back at the memories that I was so grateful to have with my papa, I mean, I just feel like I have so many. He pretty much helped raise me and was just always there. He lived downstairs for me, and I just remember his little phrases that he would tell me. He... He always told me, Melissa, you belong in Hollywood, (laughs) which it always made me laugh because I think he was literally the only person who ever thought that and will ever think that. But he also used to say, Melissa, you're tough as nails. And I just had his voice in my head. I podcast, I actually podcast down here where he used to live and I have his veterans flag right behind me it is right over my left shoulder like in the background um on the wall hanging up on a on a little ledge and I just felt like looking back at the memories that I shared with my papa I was so blessed to have him in my life until he unfortunately passed at 96 years old but i was so grateful and i am so grateful that i got to spend 26 years of my life with my papa who was a veteran and then that thought circled back to the fact that people are not going to have that same experience that i did people are might not have the chance to make 26 years plus of memories with someone that they care about a lot. And I started to think that people lose or could lose their grandfather, grandmother, a mom, a dad, brother, sister, aunt, uncle, a best friend, their spouse. And I knew for July, I just wanted to push myself a little bit more for that reason. And that is when I realized that I couldn't just donate. I couldn't just do 100 miles. I couldn't just try to make more people aware about the statistics that I really just wanted to tribute in my own way to the veterans who risk their lives every day and also for their families who unfortunately lost someone that they love and care about very much due to suicide. And The only way that made sense to me was to up the mileage to 200. I felt like that was my own personal way that I could give more to the situation and make more people aware. I wanted to push myself for those who risk their life every day, and also for their families and their friends. And that was my why. That was why I wanted to do this challenge. It started off as a let me just see if, I, if this can be my July challenge to, okay, it can definitely be a challenge, but we also need to make more people aware of these horrific statistics about our veterans so that was the why that was the reasoning behind my why and why i decided to run 200 miles in july so now we're going to take a shift here and We're going to talk about the journey. The whole month of July, we're going to talk mileage, we're going to talk how my body felt, we're going to talk about how I felt mentally. Ultimately, this goal was for myself, but I don't want to ever feel like it wasn't about raising awareness for soldier suicide. Um, I just think it's interesting to talk about the physical aspect and how my body took a toll and also some realizations I made about my own mental strength. So we're going to talk first about the physical aspect of this 200 mile journey. And if you could imagine, (laughs) which I'm sure you can, This 200 mile definitely took a toll on my body, which is why this is the first week in August that I'm recording this. And this week, I just did absolutely nothing. I relaxed, I took it easy, I stretched, and I did very minimal physical activity, which was very nice. (laughs) But looking back in July specifically the first week. Let's let's go back to the first week of July for a sec. I remember doing probably about six to seven miles a day. And I just remember my body was like, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> um, what did you get yourself into. What did you get us bones and muscles into? I just remember being so sore from top to bottom. I remember my feet were sore, my shoulders were sore, my back was sore, just everything the first week was on fire and sore. It was it was really just wild. And I'm going to be talking about these next 4 weeks But looking at the calendar, um, July started on a Wednesday. So for the first four days, July 1st through the 4th, um, that was the beginning of the challenge. And I completed 28.25 miles those first four days. And I specifically remember the 4th of July. And I remember it was really nice out. And I just laid outside and I just ate the whole day. And that was when I kind of realized that, one, my body hated me, two, my feet hated me, but three, that was when the hunger really started to increase. I just remember being so hungry all the time, um... After or like starting on the fourth and continuing on the first week. I just remember I just felt this need to always be drinking water and always have like a snack on me. So for the first full week, I totaled in at 48.95 miles, which is why... My body probably hated me so much. (laughs) And I remember thinking, and we're going to get into this in the mental um, health part of the episode, but I just remember thinking that there was no way that I could actually do 200 miles in a month. And for the first full week Plus those four days in July. um, I just remember feeling it. Like feeling the soreness in my body. And I just remember being so hungry and thirsty. Pretty much throughout the whole entire day. Not exaggerating either. During the second week... That's when things kind of balanced out hunger wise. I felt like I got myself on a routine where I didn't feel so hungry, but thirsty, I definitely did. And July was a really hot month for Boston. And I don't know if that had to do with it, but I just remember easily finishing a gallon of water with no problem. But The hunger issue that I was having for the first um, week and a half, that kind of balanced itself out. Also during the second week, the gym that I worked at opened up. Um, I think that was phase three for Boston. And that kind of got me nervous in the sense of, okay, like I thought I would be having July off. Or at least half of July to get myself into a routine here. Um, so that was kind of a little obstacle that I had to work out. But I really thought I was like, wow, like I really don't know if I can balance the two. And even though I wasn't teaching too many classes, I was still a little bit nervous because I'm putting more pressure on my body. So Not only am I running six to seven miles a day, I'm also adding in punching a heavy bag for eight rounds, plus a warm-up, plus core. And I was just like, wow, like that's going to be, one, a lot of cardio, and two, like I just mentioned, a lot of added stress specifically to my knees, to the feet, and shoulders. But like I said, it was an obstacle that I just kind of had to work out, and I just ended up altering the mileage a little bit, and even my pace as well, just to make sure I wasn't getting burnt out on those days for for teaching or running. I didn't want to have the running impact the boxing, and I didn't want to have the boxing impact my running. My body oddly felt like it was getting used to the mileage a little bit at this point, I just kind of felt like I was on autopilot, and at this point, I think I wasn't ignoring the pain or soreness, but I think I was just accepting it at this point. I was like, okay, like it's the second week. Um, The soreness is still there. For pain, it was mostly just the feet my feet definitely were a little in pain and the IT band but it wasn't during the running it was mostly after running when i was resting at night that's when kind of like the soreness and a little discomfort a little discomfort would appear for week two, I totaled in at 49.02 miles, which is so crazy. <laughs> so crazy. When I'm looking at these numbers, I'm like, holy moly, like that is so many miles for me. Like, I feel like you, the ultra marathoners who might be listening to this or even like the marathon runners, I probably should have added in a section for this, but I wasn't really running a lot Definitely not this amount of miles prior to this challenge. And on July 14th, I hit 100 miles, which was halfway. And I just remember thinking, oh my God, I'm only halfway. Like I still have another 100 miles to go. And usually I feel like people would be like, oh my god, yay, like we're halfway, I'm halfway, I only have 100 miles to go. But it oddly didn't make me feel better about the situation or my mileage because I knew how much it took out of my body for the first 100 miles and I was a little concerned. I mean, we'll get... We'll get into this very shortly about the mental aspect of it. But I really did not want to injure myself in any way. And I think that is what I was most concerned about here. I was like, wow, like I'm feeling it in my shins. I'm feeling it in my IT band. My knees are starting to feel the impact of doing this amount of mileage. But I just, I knew I had to keep going. Like, I already did 100 miles. I I can't stop now. Week three, I thought to myself, okay, I'm more than halfway there. And this is when things started to shift mentally for me too, which we're going to talk about. But also the soreness at this point was pretty much gone. It was gone... More so as I was running, um, I kind of felt the pain discomfort after my runs, but during the runs, I feel like they, it kept getting almost not easier, but they just flowed better. (laughs) And we're going to talk about the TLC, the tender loving care that I gave my body to in the next part. But for the most part, the soreness wasn't there too much. The feet were hurting and my knees were definitely feeling overworked at this point. But it didn't feel sore and I don't know if that makes sense. I definitely knew that my feet were getting beat up during this. I knew that my knees were getting a little beat up too. But for the most part, I felt okay during the third week. I don't know if my body at this point was just kind of in robot mode and autopilot mode and was like, okay, I'm used to this. I'm used to you waking up at this time and I'm expecting a run. But at this point, I knew that my body was being overworked. But at the same time, the soreness wasn't, it was very minimal during week three. And for week three, I totaled, in, I totaled in at 42.98 miles, which was actually the lowest so far in this challenge. So I don't know if that is why the soreness and the pain was very minimal during that week because it was the lowest mileage I've done at that point in the challenge. But then week four came <laughs> and this was the last week in July. I was super pumped about it, but... Week four felt a little slow and it oddly felt never ending just a tad. I think it's because I knew it was the last week and I also started to have a faster pace. I used my Apple Watch throughout this process and all the little arrows were up for my running pace and my walking pace. And I think I was just ready for this challenge to be over. So I just wanted to get the miles done. It also just felt, the week felt super long. The miles felt super long. I just also kind of wanted the miles to be over. I would get up earlier in the day just to get the miles over with. And... I knew the finish line was so close, and I just needed to get the rest of the mileage done. There were days where I was doing, and this is fast for me, disclaimer, (laughs) Um, there were days where I was doing like 11 to 12 minute miles, which like I said, is really fast for me. And I felt like I was sprinting, like I felt like I was full on sprinting. Week four, I totaled in at 30.8 miles, which is actually the lowest out of compared to the other weeks. And like I said, I just remember sprinting and running as fast as I could just to get the miles done that day. I want to touch on the last day before we move on from the physical aspect On the last day, I woke up super happy and excited, and I was just like, let's go, Melissa. And I literally sprinted the mileage to to get it done. I think it was maybe like a 10-minute mile pace, (laughs) but I did walk the first mile because I was writing some stuff down about the challenge because it was the last four miles of this challenge. So I did want to write some things down. But then from there, I just sprinted the rest. But for how I felt physically, I just remember being tired. I felt it in my body. I knew my body needed to rest at this point. And for the whole month of July, the full 31 days, I didn't give my body a break at all, which I really wouldn't recommend to other people. And I'm just really appreciative of my body and what it did for me for this 200-mile journey. So really quickly, we're going to talk about my, I always call it TLC, my tender love and care routine that I did for my body during this 200-mile journey. I knew the physical aspect was going to be huge, and I knew that I wanted to make sure that I was treating my body with the TLC that it needed. So I did some research, I found out what I could do to really just make my body be strong during this process and also minimize the chances of getting injured. I really didn't wanna push my body into injury so I did yoga some days before, some days after, some days before and after. And they were quick videos. They're the yoga with Adrian videos. If you listen to my 30 days of yoga um or even my 1 week of yoga, you guys know that I absolutely love yoga with Adrian. I highly recommend her. They were quick 7-minute videos. They were pre-run yoga videos, they were post-run yoga videos. I just made sure that I did those um, as many days as I could. I made sure to foam roll before and after, especially the IT band, the calves, the shins, the quads, basically everything lower body, (laughs) Um, hip flexors as well, or inner thighs, I should say. And then I stretched. After every one to two miles, I stopped and I did some leg sways to make sure that my hip flexors weren't getting too tight. If I did go in the pool, I did stretches in there as well. I made sure to massage my feet, which might be gross to people, but I mean, my feet were taking a toll and nothing, I don't want to go to a massage placed right now during the Rona. So I massaged my own feet. And then I have this little leg pillow that I use to keep my feet elevated um, while laying down or while sitting. I, for some reason after running and specifically at night, my feet just felt like they wanted to be elevated. And that also can help with um, shin splints as well as keeping them elevated. So I made sure to ice my shins, ice my knees, ice my feet almost every night, if not every two or three days. And then I just really listened to my body, which is why I'm glad that I did a yoga challenge before this one. It really made me more aware of how to be in tune with yourself and your body so this just means if I had to walk at any point I made sure to walk if I had to slow my pace down I made sure to slow my pace down and I really didn't go crazy I wasn't sprinting every single day um I just made sure to just listen to my body, and if I needed to slow down, to slow down. If I was feeling really good and nothing was bothering me, then yes, I, that is when I picked up the pace. All right, so we talked about the physical aspect of this challenge. All we have left is just the mental aspect of this challenge and the self-doubt as well if someone was to ask me before this challenge started melissa what would be harder which do you think would be harder do you think running 200 miles this month would be hard or do you think believing in yourself all 31 days of this challenge would be hard I would have said running the 200 miles would be harder. But I would have been wrong. My self-doubt was awful. And I'm going to be very transparent and genuine with you guys. It really made me realize, this challenge really made me realize that I really don't believe in myself that much and I'm not saying this to look for any pity or anything really when I say that because it really made me wake up and it made me realize that there was a, a little bit of me that believed in myself because if I completely didn't believe in myself then I would have quit after the first day or the 14th day or the 29th day. But I didn't, I kept going. So I do believe that I have self, some, some self-confidence, but I don't think I have a lot. I think I need to work on that. The first 18 to 19 days, I had that voice inside my head. It was very strong and it was yelling. And it was saying, you can't do this. What if you get hurt? Was this even a good a good idea? Why are you even doing this? Do you think this was really a good idea? And I think we all have that voice inside of our head. Mine was just very loud. (laughs) And on the 20th day, which was about three weeks in, that is when I was like, okay, I think I got this. I think I can do this. You got this, Melissa. Look at you go. Let's get it done. But it took 20 days for me to get to that point. 20 days. And that made me realize that our mentality is so important. Our brains and our thoughts can be so dangerous sometimes because that's the voice they're the ones, the brain and the thoughts are the ones that are safety net. When we want to feel comfortable and we want to not do anything out of the ordinary or anything where we might get hurt or anything we haven't done before, I think it's really important to try to lower that voice and... Some people might have that voice, but in lower tones than others. And like I said, mine was legit yelling at the top of its lungs saying, Stop right now, Melissa. Don't do this 200 miles. Don't do it. Don't go further. Stop. And we all need to figure out our own way to lower that voice. Mine was, and this is something I realized realized on day 20, mine was this challenge. This challenge helped me lower my self-doubt. Didn't fix it, it just lowered it a little bit. But something that helped me during this time, or during that time, during this challenge, and something that helped me lower that voice was the fact that I wasn't doing this challenge just for me but I was doing it for veterans. I was doing it for stop soldier suicide. I was doing it for my papa. I was doing it for the families who lost someone through suicide. And whenever it got tough, I reminded myself, okay, this is tough right now and it's only 31 days, but people need to cope with the loss of their loved ones from suicide. And that could, you know, that pain sticks with you. And just keeping that fresh in my brain made me motivated to keep going to help our veterans. To make families and friends continue making memories with their loved ones. And that is really what lit the fire on most days when I was worn down and when I had that self-doubt. That was what lowered the don't do this, don't do 200 miles voice inside my head. And then I also had my papa's voice in my head to saying you're tough as nails, just keep going. <laughs> and of course other people cheered me on, like my friends and family, but to be real, that only works so much. You need to really be your own cheerleader, and that is something I realize, and that is something that I'm currently working on. But this challenge slash journey really made me realize that I, Melissa, need to be Melissa's number one fan, and I need to tell myself to keep going, even when I don't feel like it. Yes, of course, the external motivation helps, but it really comes down, when all those people leave, when all those people are not the ones who are going on runs with you, you need to tell yourself that you can keep going. And I'm just gonna touch on, really quickly, before we end this episode, the last four miles. The last four miles was on July 31st, it was the last day, And I remember the last four miles being oddly emotional, yet tiring, but exciting. Emotional because this was the end of a 31-day journey that really took a lot out of me physically, yes, but it also took a lot out of me emotionally. And I made quite a few realizations by doing this challenge. I realized that I am capable of doing something if I put my mind to it. Even on days that I didn't feel like showing up, it made me realize that I'm capable of still showing up when I didn't want to. It made me realize that I'm ca- I am capable of believing in myself, but I just need to work on it a little bit more. I realize that self-doubt is absolutely awful to have. I realize that anxiety and worrying about breaking your leg or breaking your foot or whatever really can get in the way of life. But I'm glad that I kept going forward and kept moving forward and not giving in to the anxiety or the self-doubt. I'm in no way of saying that this cured my self-doubt or anxiety but it did help me diminish the self-doubt for sure and then I finished the last four miles I finished 200 miles and I remember asking myself okay I'm really happy, I'm really proud that I finished, but I can't stop at this challenge. What am I going to do next? What is August's challenge going to be? And that's when I knew that I was a little cuckoo. (laughs) So looking back, I can honestly say that I'm really proud of myself for doing this. I think some people just have that natural confidence in themselves that say, okay, I got this. This is going to be a challenge, yes, but I got this. I can do this. And then there's people like me who it's a true struggle mentally to start something new or to do something challenging. Other than doing this, for a great cause that's going to help so many veterans. I also wanted to challenge myself in a way that I've never have before. I really wanted to take myself to the next level mentally and physically to prove to prove to myself that I could do this. I really still can't believe that I did 200 miles in July. It's really been a journey for sure. The craziest journey slash challenge that I've ever done yet. I was thinking about past challenges that i have done, and just the Spartan race came to mind one day as I was running. And I was like, oh, you know what? If I can do the Spartan race... I can do this. And the differences between, I mean, the Spartan races are definitely tough, but I think this was the first challenge for me that was 31 days. That was a really, that just seemed like a long time for me. And it was 31 days of waking up and walking a little bit, then or actually waking up and then stretching, doing yoga, and then going for these, walks, walks, turns into the jogs, Um, and it was definitely a challenge, the longest challenge that I I think I've ever done. So would I do this challenge again? (laughs) Definitely not for a while. I feel like my body needs to rest a little bit But I think it would be cool to try to do it again someday. (laughs) Would I recommend this specific challenge to someone? Honestly, I feel like this became more of a self-doubt slash try-to-believe-in-yourself-more challenge. And I think that varies for everybody. So if you want to challenge yourself in the sense of, let me do something I consider challenging to see if I can believe in myself throughout that whole entire challenge, then yes, I would do it. If we're talking about, would I recommend running 200 miles? Honestly, if you want to, then go for it. I will be there to cheer you on. But... I just feel like we all have our own ways and our own challenges and our own journeys that we can set up for ourselves to make that self-doubt go away. So I don't want people listening to this and say, oh, because Melissa did 200 miles and that helped diminish a little bit her self-doubt, maybe I should try too. Instead, I think that... You should write down some ideas of your own that you want to accomplish, but maybe were too scared or maybe you thought were too challenging and do that instead. We're just all very different people. We're we're all very different in the sense of we all have our own ways to challenge ourselves. But if you're like, hey, man, I just want to do something that's going to push me physically and mentally, then sure, go for it. I mean, I am going to start to say (laughs) ask your doctor before (laughs) because I don't want anyone to be like, well, Melissa told me to do this. (laughs) So just make sure that it's smart and that... um, it is safe for you to do it and also if you are doing this 200 miles just make sure you set time out to one research how to take care of your body during this process or during the 200 mile process and two make sure to set time out during the day to stretch to ice to foam roll to do yoga to stretch stretch and stretch So before I end this episode, I just want to give out my thank yous. I just want to say thank you to, I want to take the last minute to just say thank you to everybody. Thank you to everyone who has donated to my fundraiser. Like I said, we raised $610, which is amazing. Thank you to everyone who has cheered me on and told me that I could do this challenge and to not give up. Thank you guys for sharing my posts on Facebook and social media to get more people to know to donate and make more people aware of the cause and stop soldier suicide. And of course, thank you guys for listening to this episode as well. It was a little bit lengthier than usual, but I just want to say thank you guys. I really appreciate it. And I will catch you guys next time on Quarantine Chronicles.